Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. your hands together and welcome the one and the only Dr. Cindy Trim. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're excited tonight because we're, we're continuing on in our topic on destiny. I know that it's one of those topics that you hear and one of the concepts that you hear a lot of people talk about, but in order for you to really understand the effects of knowing or having a working knowledge of it, um, we are going to just take you through a biblical journey and look at some lives of individuals and some biographies of individuals whose destiny was altered as a result of an action or a decision or a mindset so that you can have a working knowledge for your own. So we're going to go directly into our teaching and uh, direct you to the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers, amen, Numbers chapter 25, Numbers chapter 25, and we're going to be reading from verse 10, Numbers 25 to uh, verse number 10 to verse number 13. And we're going to break that particular scripture with Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Again, if you uh, have your Bible, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible, Numbers chapter 27, verses 1 to 13. And then also braiding that with Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. We have a lot of ground to cover today, and we want you to take copious notes knowing that God is with you. And I believe that this message is going to alter your mindset and give you a brand new paradigm as to uh, how things actually happen and where your tomorrow comes from. Destiny is attached to a decision or an action and a mindset. So when we talk about destiny, we're talking about where you end up in a future date based on something that you do right now or something that you did uh, yesterday or the day before, somewhere in the past. Now, this particular text is an exciting text. I was sitting and I was thinking that that uh, there are so many people in the world whose lives are just happening to them and not knowing that 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 they themselves could change anything the moment they understand that they are an agent of change. So there are three types of people in this world. Number one, the ones that watch things happen. Number two, the ones that ask what happened, and then finally the ones that make things happen. 
I concluded that life is not fair. And some of you would say, well, I can say an amen to that, but life is not fair. Success and prosperity happens on an uneven playing field. I used to think that the playing field was level, but it's not. It's uneven. It's not level for all of us. So life is not fair. Success and prosperity happens on an uneven playing field. So if you want life to become fair, you have to adopt a make it happen mindset that you cannot wait for success to come to you or prosperity to come to you. You've got to be able to make it happen. Now, you know, it, 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 um, we're living in a world where we hear a lot about discrimination. We hear a lot about marginalization, injustice, inequalities, inequities. Uh, and somehow, I believe, uh, most people believe that, that those things determine their destinies. But it's not these inequalities or, inequity or in, in, inequities or the discrimination or marginalization or even the injustice that determines our destiny, but it's how we react, how we respond to them that determines our future. So I turn your attention to our text, Numbers 27, verses 1 to 13, and I would want to read that in your hearing, and I gave you enough time, hopefully, to be able to grab your Bible and to find that particular context or text um, very quickly. The Bible said, Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Mekar, the son of Manasseh, of the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. These are the names of his daughters. Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, Terzah. And they stood before Moses and before Eliezer, the priest, and before the princes of all the congregation. And I want to highlight, they stood before not only the high priest and, and Moses, they stood before the princes as well. Make that notation. And all the congregations by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation saying, Our father died in the wilderness, and he was not in the company of those that gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Kor, but he died in his own sin and he had no sons. Why should his name uh, or the name of our father be done away with among his family because he had no son? Give unto us therefore possession amongst the brethren of our father. And Moses brought this cause before the Lord and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, the daughters of Zelophehad speak right. Thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance amongst their father's brethren and thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto them and thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel saying if a man die and have no sons then ye shall cause his inheritance to pass unto his daughters and if he have no daughters then ye shall give his inheritance to his brethren and if he has no brethren, then you should give his inheritance unto his father's brethren. And if his father have no brethren, then you shall give his inheritance unto his kinsmen, and, and that is next to him of his family, and he shall possess it. And it shall be unto the children of Israel a statue of judgment. And I love that. In other words, what they did was they changed the legislation based on their demand. And we're going to talk a little bit later. 
later uh, down in this in in the, in the uh, message tonight how you are not relegated to a legislation or policy that is contrary to the will of God for your life. You can defy the status quo no matter what they are, are passing as a law. I believe that we are not above the law, but if a law is contrary to the laws of Christ, if the laws uh, is contrary to the laws of the spirit, if the laws are contrary to the covenant of God, you can reverse those laws in the name of Jesus, at least the effects of those laws. And the Bible said, and the Lord said unto Moses, get thee up into the Mount Abram and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen it, thou shalt be gathered unto thy people as Aaron thy brother was gathered. So here you have uh, presented five women and in a concerted fashion, they bring their case what uh, to, to what would have been uh, like a Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court of Israel. This is the highest court in the land. And they, they lobbied before the Supreme Court. They presented their case. And as a result of that, they made an exception to the law and actually altered the law to accommodate what was rightfully theirs. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 to 16. The Bible said, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed uh, into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points tempted like as we, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may attain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. In our text, we are introduced to five women. They're identified as the daughters of Zelophead, and they're disparaged. So I would consider them disparaged daughters of Zelophead. And they are presenting their case because they are have their father's property that is held up in probate court. And they have uh, definitely determined that they were not able to access what was rightfully theirs because of their gender. So this case is escalated to the Supreme Court of Israel. They are brought front and center stage in the unfolding of a story that would not only change the destiny of these five women, but also legislation and ultimately the corporate destiny of a nation. No man is an island. The things that you are doing, the things that you are saying is affecting someone in this world. You may not understand how important you are to the bigger scheme of things, but it's called the butterfly effect. In other words, scientists discovered that the flapping of a butterfly wings in California actually affects the wind flow in a place such as Japan. It's called the butterfly effect. So here you have five women, and they were marginalized because of their gender. They were pushed aside, but these uh, activist women began to lobby the powers that, that be by raising the issue of gender inequality. It had 
to have taken a lot of courage because they were going against the status quo legislation. They were going against traditions and mores. They were going against the social contract construct and the cultural construct of the very nature, uh, the, the very nation. And they, they, they were saying there is something that is lacking in our nation. It took a lot of courage, I would imagine. And I asked myself the question, what kind of courage does it take to stand up and represent a marginalized group of individuals knowing that your entire reputation is at stake? What kind of inner conviction does it take to resist the status quo and to declare that your human rights have been violated? Here is the story of two women. The daughters of Zelophead, five, and they're fascinating to me. Their names are Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Terza. Numbers 27 verses 1 to 11 encapsulates the challenges that these women faced and what they had to do in order to affirm their rights. You as a believer, you have spiritual rights. And no matter what is going on, what is going on in your community, what is going on in the workforce, in your workplace, what is going on around you, you have the right to not only affirm those rights, but you have a right to begin to demand your inheritance. Numbers 26 describes the, in, in detail what led to them uh, going to the Supreme Court to demand what belonged to them. Numbers 26 describes a census that had been taken of all the males over the age of 20. This is verse number 2. And as part of the list of the various clans, we, we read that Zelophiad had no sons, only daughters. This is verse number 33. Now as the census was concluded, God instructed Moses, among these shall the land be apportioned as shared. Among these refers to the males listed in the census. Hence, we conclude that Zelophiad's daughters were not counted in the census and also they were not married. Therefore, because they were not counted in the census and they were not married, therefore they were not legally uh, in, in, in the terms of the natural legalities of things able to receive land as an inheritance. We might expect the women heirs of Egyptian slavery and then put under law that frequently favored men might react by keeping silent or by accepting it as natural and that the rule decreed it and therefore they they had to follow the rules. But these were rule breakers. I call them disruptors. When they figured out that there was something that belongs to us and the rules don't favor us. And so they became a disruptor. We are living in a time where believers have to be disruptors. Where we no longer can take things laying down. We have to rise up and lift up our voice against the injustice that many individuals are experiences, experiencing and 
And we have to be counted among those that not only are proponents or support human rights, we ourselves have to be able to lift our voice on behalf of God, to fight on behalf of the marginalized, the fatherless, the orphans, and those that have no voice. We could expect certain women in those days to stay close to the tents and remain out of sight and not go far from their families. So how and why did Zelophehad's daughter write a new chapter in the history of a nation? First, they had to dare to go out on a limb. They had to dare to go beyond the status quo. They had to dare to break the glass ceiling. They had to dare stretch beyond the walls that were established for them. They had to dare to go beyond the boundaries and the expectations of man. They had to dare go beyond their uh, social space space and from the destiny that was imposed upon them. I found out that there are many people that have more to give. They're more gifted and more talented but instead of them saying that my expectations are of the Lord, they live up to man's expectations and there are so many people that are living miserable lives. They are gifted and they are talented but they can feel the restrictions that are placed around them. Restrictions because somebody knows about their past. Restrictions because people don't expect anything from them because they know their family heritage. But the days of living restricted are over. You are going to rise up and you are going to not only take your place, you are going to rise up and you're going to speak up and you are going to go for what belongs to you. This is the last day you're going to allow someone to impose upon you their low expectations for your life. The moment you understand that things will change when you change them is the moment that things will begin to change. But hold the press for one moment. I don't want you to miss the point. Destiny was about to collide with purpose. You got to understand that every one of us have a purpose and from their story, I've learned something. I've learned that purpose and destiny has the power to override any condition, has the power to override any situation has the power to propel you beyond the status quo. When purpose is discerned, no matter how muted your voice is, when purpose collides with destiny, and when it brings you into the divine timetable of God, nothing is impossible with God. I found out that when God begins to move on you, there's this inner prompting that, that allows you to know that it is time to move on. It is time to begin to expect the uh, uh, exceeding abundantly above all things that you can either imagine or think those things to happen. No matter how muted your voice is, whenever your voice and your, your, your actions bring you into sync with God's plan 
and with God's purpose according to his divine timetable. That very act creates a power around you that has the ability to cancel out the most horrible, dysfunctional circumstances, the most uh, uh, foreboding social mores. It has the ability to empower you to overcome the traditions of man. It has the power to empower you to overcome generational curses, insufficiencies, humiliating uh, histories, institutionalized injustices, government policies, constitutional legalities. Whenever God begins to move in your life, and you make a decision that if I perish, I'm going to perish. Something happens on the inside of you. When I was reading and preparing for tonight, God took me to Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. And if you would go there with me, please. I want to read it because hidden in there is a, 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 a nugget of truth that I want to extrapolate as I empower you to begin to make destiny decisions and when you make these decisions not to only think about yourself, think about your family, think about your community, think about your nation and think about the world that you live in, that you are affecting changes even if you don't see it, even if you don't know it something is happening in response to every action that you decide to take Matthew chapter 1 verses 1 to 18 if you would go there with me please in this particular text most people would overlook this most people would jump over it because it just seems like a string of names that have no implication or no relevance or no significance to us only apostolic ramblings of uh, the generations before Jesus Christ but it's worth reading it says the book of generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judas and his brethren. Judas begot Pharaoh and Zerah of Tamar. Pharaoh begot Eshram. Eshram begot Aram. Aram begot Aminadab. Aminadab begot Naasan. And Naasan begot Salmon. And Salmon begot Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begot Obed of Ruth. Obed begot Jesse. Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Solomon begot Reboam. Reboam begot Abia. Abia begot Asa. Asa begot Josephat. Josephat begot Jerome. Jerome begot Oseas. Oseas begot Joatham. Joatham begot Achaz. Achaz begot Ezekias. Ezekias begot Manassas. Manassas begot Amnon. Amnon begot Josias. Josias begot Jeconias and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after that, they be brought to Babylon. Jeconias begot Salithiel. Salithiel begot Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel begot Abiud. Abiud begot Elikim. Elikim begot Azor. Azor begot Zodak. Zodak begot Achim. Achim begot Iliad. Iliad begot Eleazar. And Eleazar begot Mathan. 
Nathan. And Nathan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is the Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David unto the carrying away unto Babylon are 14 generations, and from the carrying away of Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. All of that just to say Jesus was born. Now, when I used to read, I I read my Bible, read through the entire Bible. And after I got through the maybe fifth or sixth time, I felt like I could jump over that. It's only a string of names, but God stopped me. He said, I want to give you a revelation of this. Although you're going to be tempted to skip over the string of men and women that are listed, these verses and relegate them just to apostolic ramblings and Jewish antiquities writing with no spiritual or pragmatic relevance other than identifying the generational heritage of Jesus. A careful examination will expose divine eloquence and reveal that through the manifold wisdom of God and the diverse background of Jesus, his close relation to common man made him the perfect candidate to to redeem humanity. That although he was truly God, he was truly human. And he is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. That means it alludes to ordinary individuals that contributed to our extraordinary Christ. In other words, if they had not been born, if one of them had been aborted, we would not have had Jesus. It lets me know that purpose has a way of hiding in unusual place and purpose cannot be destroyed and what happens in one generation is going to be then affecting a generation unborn to time. It alludes to ordinary individuals during challenging moments that change history. It lets me know several things that number one God has an agenda for both the male and the female gender. Number two, it lets me know that our IQ is no match for the I am. It lets me know that all of our insufficiency is canceled out by his all sufficiency. It lets me know that God achieves his purpose irrespective of man's frailties. It lets me know that his purpose prevails so that previous experience is not always a prior indication of future performances. That means I have come tonight to encourage you. Don't let the devil play games with your mind. He knows your past, but God knows your future. Not only that, he may know your past, but you know his future. You know where he's going. You know where he's going to end up. Don't let him play games with your mind to make it feel as if you've made mistakes in the past that somehow God cannot use you. He can use whoever he wants. God does not choose us based on man's qualifications. He chooses us based on what we are carrying. The Bible said you have this treasure in earthen vessel. The vessel may be tricked, may be cracked. The vessel may 
may be chipped, but it's not the value, hallelujah, that 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 is it, that that not the value of the vessel is the value of what the vessel is carrying. You are carrying something important. You are carrying something special. You are carrying gifts and talents that this world needs, and you may not understand it. And I speak even to stay-at-home moms because a lot of times when we talk about destiny, we are thinking about people who do these amazing things that history records their name. But I beg to differ. Let me ask you a question. Who was Albert Einstein's mother? But it probably took an extraordinary woman to raise an extraordinary man. Even as you stay at home, you've got to recognize that what you were doing to raise healthy uh, contributing members of society is just as important as finding the uh, scientific breakthrough for HIV. It's just as important as taking a man to the moon. That means that no one is ever wasted. That where you are right now God wants to get your attention. And I want to encourage you that during this week you should spend some quiet time and your quiet moments in devotion and ask God, God, what's next? What have you wired me to change? What have you wired me to build? What have you wired me to affect? What have you wired me to lead? God is not through with you. You've got breath, uh, hallelujah, in, on, 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 in, in your lungs, uh, and you still have life in your body. As, as long as you have breath and as long as you have life, there is something I want to tell you that men cannot count you out because God has already counted you in. God sees the in from the beginning and through this text we see how destiny always seeks an expression based on purpose we see that each individual is going to have a defining moment and, and in fact God often in the midst of our greatest crises creates that tipping point that gets you from just being an ordinary individual to being an extraordinary human being that is making stuff happen. You no longer see yourself as an individual in this world where things are just happening that you have no control over. You have control over your destiny. You have control over your financial destiny, your economic destiny, your relational destiny, your spiritual destiny where you end up tomorrow is not a mystery. We may not know everything Everything, But one thing I do know, that your destiny is determined by your decision. Stop allowing other people to determine how far you're going to go, how much you're going to earn. That is not for someone else. That is between you and God. God has given you this entire world to experience. He said the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and the world and they that dwell therein. He said go into all the world and make disciples. You are not relegated to a city just because you were born there. It doesn't mean that you have to die there. You are not relegated to live. Hallelujah by making just making ends 
ends meet. It's time to stretch one end to another until you have a cycle of prosperity. You are not relegated, hallelujah, to earn the salary that you've earned for the last five years. The moment you understand that your destiny is in your hand, when doing is more important than understanding, you will begin to obey God. We are living in a time when co cooperation is more than comprehension. There are some things that God will prompt you to do. There are some things that God will direct you to do. And there are some things that you may not understand and it may go against the grain. But when it goes against the grain, perhaps God is, is bringing you from the back and putting you in the front and changing your status from being a follower to a leader. Maybe God wants you to be the one that breaks the mold so that others can follow. You've got to understand that this is a time for prophetic intercession, for watching and praying, for standing on your watch to see what God will speak to you next. Yesterday's success is today's failure because if you keep trying to do what you did last year, it means that since the timing and the season is over. You are guaranteed to fail. God is doing something new. He said, behold, I would do a new thing. God would do a new thing in you. He would do a new thing with you, but he would also do a new thing through you. Many of you are trendsetters. Many of you are change agent. You knew for a long time that you think differently, that you want more than the people that are around you. Stop compromising what God has placed in your spirit as a vision, a dream, or a desire. Begin to rise up and say, God, if this is you, hallelujah, give me the wisdom to fulfill it. Give me the wisdom to do what you have commissioned me to do. No matter how people feel about it, no matter how many people you upset, let me tell you something, even in your family, if you dare to change, if you dare, hallelujah, go out on a limb to fulfill what God has commissioned you to do. Some of your family members will turn their backs on you because misery loves company. But this is your last day for living a miserable life. It's time for you to stop waiting until you've got all your docks in a row. It's time for you to be obedient to what God has commissioned you to do. And this is why I love the story of the daughters of Zelensky loaf he had. It is an encouraging story. It reminds every last one of us how history is made. But more important, it reminds us that every one of us have been given a divine destiny that no matter how much we are hidden in obscurity, we are not non-entities and that our lives really does matter and that the moment we take our lives out of neutral and stop waiting until someone makes it happen the moment we adopt a make it happen attitude, things will begin to change and things will begin to happen for you. There's a seed of greatness on the inside of each one of us and it is hidden from the naked eye. It is obscured by our family heritage. 
oftentimes it is obscured by our economic and our social status. It is obscured by political policies. It's obscured by legalistic uh, 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 circumstances. Uh, but I'm telling you, when the time comes for you to find the expression of that seed of potential that is hidden on the inside of you, when the time is right, all the elements fall into place. In our text, we are presented with five brave women. Grace at the power, hallelujah, grace was placed upon them. And as a result of that, grace brought them front and center stage where they were began to negotiate, hallelujah, what they needed, what they wanted, and what they felt was theirs. God has a way of throwing grace into the mixing apart, creating a, what one writer called a tipping point. And oftentimes, when your time comes to go to the next level, many times it seems as if it's in the middle of a crisis. It's either in the middle of a national crisis or a health crisis or a personal crisis or a political crisis or a relational crisis or a financial crisis or a marital crisis or a family crisis or a economic crisis. And when we think about it and I look and I read scripture there was always some crisis that gave birth to the rising up of an individual and maybe God is trying to get your attention because hallelujah he's ready to bring you front and center stage and maybe you're in the middle of a crisis and the crisis itself has become a distraction to you and maybe the enemy has convinced you to wait until things settle down but I've discovered in my own life things didn't settle down until I settled it down with the help of God with the wisdom of God with the power of God through prayer through spiritual warfare to begin to understand that God was not waiting on me and uh, God was not uh, I was not waiting on God but God was waiting on me and my question question is what kind of crisis are you currently in and in the middle of the crisis I want you to ask God God are what are you trying to get my attention on what are you attempting to awaken what kind of skill what kind of potential are you attempting to awaken in me I believe that God in this season is awakening the giant within he's awakening the change agent within. He's awakening the revolutionary within. He's awakening the industry specific leadership within. He's awakening the history maker within. He's awakening the policy and law changer within. He's awakening the leader within. He's awakening the artist within. He's awakening the preacher within. He's awakening the prophet within. God is waking something up on the inside of you. You are a mover, you are a shaker, and you are 
a history maker. Five women who were marginalized. Five women in the middle of a personal crisis. Five women in the middle of an economic crisis. Five women that had no support and they came together not knowing that they were God's secret weapon. The devil overlooked them because they were females. Most assuredly, he has overlooked you because of what you've been through, because of what you're faced with. But I believe tonight God is, is wakening you up to the fact that you are his secret weapon. No one would have thought of Rahab as being God's secret weapon. No one would have thought of Ruth as being God's secret weapon. No one would have thought of the woman at the well as being God's secret weapon. But I believe many of you are God's secret weapon and God is getting ready to anoint you as an agent of change. Five women, they had been orphaned. Hallelujah. Why would God use them? Because they had nothing to lose. Many times when our back is up against the wall, God is simply saying it's time to move forward. Why? Because you've fallen as far as you have fall, can fall and you have hit rock bottom. You have nowhere else to fall. You might as well go up. Your back is up against the wall. You cannot go any way back. You might as well use your energy to go forward. Marlon, Noah, Hagla, Milka, Terzer. Their story reads like the story of women in developing countries and least developed countries whose laws relegate them to being treated no better than an animal with no decency and dignity, all of which have been stripped because their name is woman. It is a story of women who lived on the fringes of society women who were undervalued underpaid trying to make ends meet some of you have that story you are undervalued you are underpaid and from month to month you are just about making ends meet but I've got good news for you even as they stood before Moses and the high priest and the princess demanding their inheritance God sent me here to let you know that he has secured an inheritance for you. There are some people that have overlooked you and told you you were not good enough, not smart enough, not educated enough, not pretty enough. You are not connected enough. You are not from the right pedigree. You don't hold the right academic degree. You cannot articulate enough. But get ready. The people that overlooked you last season will have to look up to you this season because they do not have the last say in our story God's grace prevailed I am here to announce to you that you are going to prevail you will win you will overcome you have already overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony you can tell the devil for me he can go to hell the devil cannot count you out because 
because by the blood of Jesus, God has already counted you in. The daughters of Zelophead came forward and when they stepped forward, they stood before Moses and Eliezer the priest, the chieftains and the whole assembly. That means all of Israel's eyes were on them. Let me stretch your imagination for a moment. The Israelites camp was formed and they were formed in tribes, each of whom had to determine, had a determined place with the tabernacle in the middle and in the center stood the main authoritative figures. All of them were men and all of them in the camps that came to meet together were men. There was Moses, there was the Eliezer, the priest, there was the chieftains, there were the princes. So there was this imposing structure that the sisters had to come up against in order to claim their rights. That means that when they went front and center, Age, they were the only women. That means they were outnumbered. But when they came together, they came into a place where the, the tablets from Sinai, hallelujah, rested uh, in the ark. They came to a place of holiness. They came to a place of authority. They came to a place where women had no authority. These men must have been overwhelmed when they saw such a startling honor unprecedented situation. I'm here to announce that what God is about to do for you and your family is going to be unprecedented. And I feel the anointing of God. Nobody is going to expect it. And when you stand up and when God moves you into position, people are going to look and they're going to be looking because they're going to, they're not going to be able to figure out how you got there, but you're going to have the testimony if it had not been for the Lord on my side, your God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is about to make an exception for you. Let's analyze the text a little further. The first thing you want to note is that these women knew the law and history. And one of the things that we are suffering from in Christianity is this, that we don't know the law. We don't know the Bible. We don't know the promises. We don't know our rights. We don't know the covenant. But these, they knew the law and they knew their history and they were able to articulate it before the Supreme could. They used the fact that their father was not involved in Korah's rebellion as evidence to support their claim to land. They knew that the continuity of family name depended on inheritance of the land. They realized that the current law was not adequate to accommodate what rightfully belonged to them. They also presented the fact that it was not their fault that their father didn't have sons. It wasn't their fault that they were born a woman. And so we are, we, we, we are introduced to individuals Individuals that possess the acumen to recognize this omission. And it was recognized and written what was called the law of God. And they noted that they were unrepresented. But because they considered God's law to be just, hallelujah, or to aim to be just, hallelujah, they did not show any hesitation in pointing out that there was something unfair about how the law had been written 
and it could have been and they pointed to the fact that it was not flawed because it was God that that presented a flawed law but they recognized that it was flawed because of human interpretation and so they were they stood with confidence and courage to support their claim and their compelling argument because they knew their rights you have a right to go boldly to the throne of grace to state your case before heaven supreme could you have a right to state your case against any injustice you have a right hallelujah to begin to demand anything that is held up in probate could God said I have blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places and that means if your heavenly father has already blessed you it is held in probate could and you have the right to begin to negotiate on behalf of what rightfully belongs to you you can go boldly and ask for your health you can go boldly and ask for your wealth you can go boldly and ask for your prosperity you can go boldly and ask for your land you can go boldly and ask for salvation for your children you can say God you said my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace you can go boldly and you can begin to negotiate based on the promises of God you can go boldly and tell God God you promised in your word hallelujah that I can ask what I will and it shall be done unto you you can go boldly according to numbers 23 19 to 20 to declare for all the promises of God are in him yea and amen and unto him be glory and forever you can say God you are not a man that you should lie neither the son of man that you should repent you have said it and shall you not do it you have spoken it and shall you make good you can go boldly hallelujah and tell God you said that acts for the nations and I will give you nations as your inheritance you can go boldly to decree and declare you are a covenant making and a covenant keeping God you can go boldly and you could stir up your abilities based on the covenant of God. You said God, you have given hallelujah every man hallelujah the gifts hallelujah and severally as you were and you said there are different gifts according to the grace that you have given unto us. So Father in, in lieu of my natural ability, Father I make a demand hallelujah based on your promise promise that you give us hallelujah different gifts according to your grace let your grace hallelujah fall on me you can go boldly and ask God for abundance you can go boldly and ask God for angelic assistance you can tell God according to Psalm 34 verse 7 the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and you can say God I fear you but it not only 
family encamps around those that fear God. They deliver you out of trouble. I decree and declare you are going boldly before the throne room of God that wherever you are, you can ask God to give you angelic assistance. You can say it according to Psalm 91 verse 11 to 12 for he command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You can come boldly to the throne of God and you can ask God for the anointing. You can tell God according to Psalm 23 verse 5 you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You said you will anoint my head with fresh oil until my cup runs over. I decree and declare according to the promises of God fresh oil is being poured on you right now. I decree and declare you will not go another day with yesterday's anointing. I decree fresh oil is being poured on you right now. I decree that the hand of God is upon you. You can stand boldly before the throne of God. You can ask God for assurance. You can ask God for authority. You can say to God according to Luke 10 and 19, you have given me authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt me. You don't have to, hallelujah, go and pay uh, your uh, expense for, for, for a facelift. The Bible said that he beautifies the meek with salvation. Salvation is your new beauty queen. You can ask for the blessing of Abraham. You can ask God for boldness. You can ask God for clothing. You can ask God to comfort you. You can ask God for confidence. You can ask God for deliverance. You can ask God for divine help. You can ask God for divine counsel. You can ask God for dominion. You can ask God for eternal life. You can ask ask God for faith. You could say, God, increase my faith. You can ask God for uh, on behalf of your family. You can ask God for favor. You can ask God for financial blessing. You can ask God for forgiveness. You can ask God for new friends. You can ask God for to make you fruitful. You can ask God for grace. You can ask God for greatness. You can ask God for guidance. You can ask God for happiness. You can ask God for healing. You can ask God, uh, hallelujah, for uh, an understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit. You can ask God for honor. You can ask God for hope. You can ask God for inspiration. You can ask God for joy. You can ask God for justice. You can ask God for knowledge. You can ask God for freedom. You can ask God for longevity. You can ask God for love. You can ask God for marriages. You can ask God for mercy. You can ask God for miracles. You can ask God for a ministry. You can ask God for multiplication. You can ask God for national prominence. You can ask God for overcoming ability. You can ask God for peace. You can ask God for power. You can ask God to increase your prayer life. You can ask God for promotion. You can ask God for prosperity. 
prosperity. You can ask God for protection. You can ask God for provision. You can ask God for rest. You can ask God for sleep. You can ask God for restoration. You can ask God for resurrection. You can ask God for riches. You can ask God for righteousness. You can ask God for salvation. You can ask God for security. You can ask God for soundness of mind. You can ask God for strategies. You can ask God for success. You can ask God for supernatural strength. You can ask God for truth. You can ask God for understanding. You can ask God for victory. And you can ask God for wisdom. And you can ask God for wealth. John 15 and 7 says, turn with me to John 15 and 7. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. The daughters of Zelophead ask for their inheritance. God has prepared an inheritance for every believer before the foundation of the world. I began to ask for my inheritance a couple of years ago. And then I see the unfolding of God's plan for my life and how he's directing my path straight to my inheritance. I decree and declare your season of waiting is over. And your season of receiving is here. Let me just make a few more points. How did Moses react when these five women stood in front of the Supreme Court, he bought their case before God because he was an intermediary. I'm so glad that we don't have to wait for a human being to become our intermediary. Jesus Christ is your intermediary. And here's what Jesus Christ said. And if you would turn with me to the book of Hebrews and let's look. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. This sets us up for our final statement. Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let's bring our case before the Supreme Court of God. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with our, the feelings of our infirmities, in other words, right in the middle of your crisis, right in the middle of your struggle, he gets it. He gets it. So just how you're feeling, come before God raw. You don't have to fix it up. You don't have to say it right. You don't have to do all the these and the thous. Because desperate times call for desperate measures. These were five desperate women. They could have been stoned, but it took courage. You've got to have the courage to believe that the next move is yours. If you could go before the throne room, the Bible says that we can come boldly, verse number 16, unto the throne room of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. I've discovered that there are so many people that are in the middle of legal battles. And they need to know how to pray and how to lay claim on what is theirs. And so many people 
have had their wealth taken from them and their houses and their homes and their children and their property and jobs and has been taken from them illegally. But you have a high priest. This landmark achievement of the daughters of Zelophead, they were seed of Abraham. And we too are seed of Abraham and therefore we are heir according to the promise. So don't second guess your ability because you might not feel qualified enough or educated enough or strong enough. This might be a first for you, what God has called you to do. It might just be a first. Think of all the first in the Bible. David never fought a giant before he fought Goliath. Esther never won a beauty contest and she, until she won the contest in Persia. Joshua never penetrated the city walls until he penetrated the walls of Jericho. Peter never walked on water until he got out of the boat in the middle of a storm. Thus, we are inspired by the stories of scriptures. When we talk about your inheritance... I want to give you a few scriptures so that you can know exactly what we're talking about. And then over the course of your prayer life, I want you to begin to go after what belongs to you and your family. My inheritance skipped over one generation. And this is the second generation that did not live with their inheritance. My grandparents were multimillionaires, but it didn't make it down to this generation. And when I found out that that inheritance didn't make it down to this generation, the businesses and the property, I began to negotiate with heaven. And like the daughters of Zelophead, I began to say to God, I want my inheritance. Let's look at some scriptures. First Peter 1, 3 to 5. The Bible said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved for you in heaven. I want my inheritance. It may be held up in a spiritual probate court, but I want what's mine. So what has God left for us to inherit? Number one, He's left a kingdom. Let's look at Matthew 25, 34. He's left a kingdom. Matthew 25, 34. The Bible said, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So God has a kingdom. This is why when you pray, you're praying a kingdom prayer. When you pray, pray our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. God didn't want to give you a corner in a deluxe apartment in the sky. He said, inherit a kingdom. So you were not relegated to a city. The whole earth belongs to God. Go visit the whole earth. Visit Antarctica and Australia. Visit South America and North America and Asia. Visit, visit Europe. 
Don't, 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 don't say that I've never been anywhere outside of Georgia or outside of Florida. Visit the whole world. Not just the Bahamas. Go tomorrow and apply for your passport. And tell people, listen, God has given me the entire kingdom and I plan to see it before I die. It's my inheritance. I'm going to Antarctica this year. All of my friends are saying, where do you want to go to Antarctica for? Because I can. It's a part of my inheritance. I've been to all of the other uh, continents. This is the only one I haven't been to. So I might as well go. Why? It's a part of my inheritance. I want to go because I can. All that's there is polar bears. (laughs) Have you seen a polar bear? No. Oh, well. Number two, the Bible says we have inherited all things. Now, what does all mean? If you've inherited, that means you don't have to work for things another day in your life. I decree and declare a second job is not needed. A third job is not needed. God has given you all things. How do you get all things uh, uh, given to you? The Bible said that you must first seek the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. All of the, not some of these things. And he said, it's going to be added to you, meaning that you don't have to work by the sweat of your brow another day in your life. While listen, there are people that work nine to five and there are others that work nine to faint. You're going to get that tomorrow. You will never have to work nine to faint another day in your life. You wake up tired. You go to bed tired. Those days are over. I want my. Revelation 21 and 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. I decree and declare you are overcoming all things. You are coming up over Everything. Nothing's going to stump you. Nothing good is going to lay you out flat. You are going to overcome. You are not a victim. Number three, God said you're going to inherit the earth. Woohoo! Matthew 5 and 5. The meek shall inherit the earth. God is into dirt, and so should you be. There's a plot of land that has your name on it. I want... My, there's a beachfront property that has your name on it. I want my, there's a condo that has your name on it. I want, there's a bank that has your name on it. There's a credit union that has your name on it. There's a car dealership that has your name on it. I want my. Your inheritance has been guaranteed by Jesus. I told you to make a note early about the prince. You serve a God who has a son who is the prince of peace. Look at this, Ezekiel 46, 16. The Bible said, thus say the Lord God, if the prince give a gift unto any of his sons, the inheritance thereof shall be his sons. It shall be their possession by inheritance. 
Jesus Christ came to secure, seek, and to save that which was lost. We lost our inheritance, and Jesus Christ restored it. Here's your requirements, Revelation and Colossians chapter 1. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, 12 and 13. How do you secure it? Number one, you're going to secure it by revelation. Colossians 1, 12 and 13. You got to have the revelation that God has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He's translated us. And so that we can be partakers of the inheritance of the saint in light. So that in light is revelation. So you've got to have a revelation of the fact that this is your inheritance. Number two, you've got to be spiritually mature. God is not going to give you your inheritance if you're a prodigal son. First, first Corinthians 15, 15. Now this, I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Number three, you secure it through holy living. And this is first uh, uh, Corinthians six, nine to 11. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So you, 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 you secure your inheritance through right living and righteous living. Number four, preparation. How do you prepare to receive it? First Peter 1, 3 to 5. And I want you to read that, that whole amount. First Peter 1, 3 to 5. And also Isaiah 51, 1 to 3. 51, 1 to 3. You receive it through humility. Psalm 37 and 11. Through righteousness or right living. Psalm 37, 29 to 34. Now, when we talk about inheritance, we're talking about you posturing yourself before the Supreme Court of Heaven, where you go boldly like the daughters of Zelophead. The daughters of the Zelophead fought a legal battle, and they won. And I want you to understand there are prayers that you can pray so that you can win every legal battle, whether they're spiritual or in the natural. And the Lord just laid in my spirit to begin to pray over you especially those of you that are in legal battles or those of you that um, uh, something has been illegally stolen from you, whether it's a promotion, whether it's something that you're battling with or on behalf of your children. I can go back and I can see where my inheritance jumped two generations, the generation before me and this generation. And so legally, something belongs to me. And so tonight I want to pray over you just a simple prayer and show you how to go before the throne room of God so that you spiritually can get what belongs to you. And then if you are ever faced with a legal battle, you know the legal language that you can use. So I'm going to get you to stand. And those of you that are viewing right now, I want you to stand or even come into agreement with this prayer. How many of you need a prayer for something to be restored to you. You lost something either in your family line or you're going through a legal battle 
or, or you were overlooked in a situation. All right. We're going to pray over you. Let's begin to worship God and let's pray and come into agreement with this prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come in the volume of the book it is written of us. And we thank you now, Father, that we are able to exercise our legal right as your earthly representative. You said in Hebrews 4 that we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, that we should hold fast to the profession of our faith. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we yet without sin that we can come boldly unto the throne of grace that we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need father we are standing even as the daughters of Zelophead stood collectively we are standing collectively in agreement father requesting hallelujah for our inheritance we make our appeal to the supreme court of heaven requesting that this case against any individual hallelujah be overthrown father I thank you that whatever is challenging individuals whether it is a challenge against their name whether it's a challenge against their family whatever accusations that have been falsely made that has been affecting their ability to influence or to rise up I decree and declare that you are expunging it father I thank you that every illegal, false, inflammatory statement that is laced with defamation of character or character assassination or misrepresentation or gossip that has hurt any individual under the auspices of my voice I decree in the realm of the spirit it is expunged I pluck it up it shall not take root I decree and declare that you are blotting out the handwriting hallelujah that was against them I thank you right now you are our helper you are our defense you are our advocate you are our our attorney and you are our witness father we do not fear what man shall do for you with against us or do unto us because we are hidden in the secret place of the most high God you are our defense you save the upright in heart you judge the righteous father I thank you hallelujah that this case that is is dug up or this case that is against us hallelujah I thank you that you are going to laugh at them in their derision. I decree and declare that you have given us divine success because we have already overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You promised to defend the poor and the fatherless. You promised to do justice to the afflicted and needy. Father, I thank you that we confess that the enemy has no legal right, no legal ground, no injunction, no re restraining order against us that can hold Hold us down. You have given us legal right. You have given us authority. You have given us power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against us. We are condemning. Father, I decree and declare that no one can condemn us for there is therefore now no condemnation to them which is in Christ Jesus. I decree and declare that 
we are no longer held captive by man's low expectation of us but we are praying the prayer of Jabez that you would bless us indeed that you would enlarge our territory father we stand before the righteous judge to appeal our cases you are the judge of all judge you are the king of all kings you are the lord of all lords you are the government of governor amongst the nation you said that you can we can come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and get help in the time of need i thank you right now and we are able now hallelujah to stand to overturn to revoke and summarily dismiss with prejudice all lies all accusation all maligning of our name all character assassination all misrepresentation and motions against us the truth prevails the truth liberates us for whom the sun sets free is free indeed we command all illegal arrows of the enemy to boom around and return back to the point of origin according to Psalm 7 and 16 that his mischief shall return upon his own head and his violent dealing shall come down upon his own pain. I decree and declare now father we shall not be afraid of the arrows by day and the terror by night nor the pestilence that walk in darkness for the destruction that wasted at noonday a thousand shall fall at our side and ten thousand at a right hand but it shall not come nigh our dwelling I bind break nullify revoke overrule dismiss with prejudice all illegal infractions distractions injunctions indictments and persecution with the hammer and the gavel of the Lord I thank you right now in the name of Jesus as we lift you up as we extol you hallelujah I thank you that our enemies shall not over rejoice over us because we overrule, we revoke the activities of the spirit of sabotage. I decree and declare there will be no more demonic entrapment, no satanic entanglement, no defamation of character, no demonic liability, no squatting spirits, no trespassing spirits, no demonic prohibition, no dark counsel, no counsel from the regions of the underworld we decree and declare oh God hallelujah any maneuver any motions any restraining orders I decree and declare in the name of Jesus it is illegal I decree there is no spirit that will be able to stop us I decree that we are strong in the Lord and the power of his might I decree right now we are rising up because your word declares that you should we should rest in the Lord and wait patiently for you we are not taking matters in our own hands but we are casting our cares upon you because you care for us I decree and declare our enemies shall grope at noonday and shall as the blind gropeth in darkness and they shall not prosper in their ways and they shall be only oppressed and spoiled forevermore we thank you right now God 
then we submit a revocation and a summary judgment with prejudice cancellation papers from every demonic petition made against our life in Jesus name I decree and declare in advance that if any of your children are taken to court the cases shall be thrown out with a summary judgment with prejudice and declaratory judgment father I thank you that no fat shall fit the rule of law for you have blooded out the handwriting that was against them we break up revoke and nullify the assignment of spiritual and illegal weariness and sickness and discomfort and liturgy in the name of Jesus I decree you are healed father we are asking for divine healing because this is our inheritance we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might I decree and declare we are getting our strength back for even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall but they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength they shall run and not grow weary they shall walk and not faint I decree all spiritual legal fees have been satisfied by the blood of the slain land Jesus Christ therefore we rebuke and we revoke all demonic dealings of conspiracy and confederation from hell that is aimed at us and at and aimed at our family we decree and declare the supreme court of the kingdom of heaven is superimposed upon and prevail I decree that your rulings override and overrules and negate revoke and issue summary judgment and orders with prejudice against demonic verdict against demonic sentences against demonic opinions and against demonic decisions and I repeat in the name of Jesus by the blood we decree hallelujah that God your rulings override and overrules and negates and revokes and issue summary judgment orders with prejudice against demonic verdicts against demonic sentences found that they shall not stand and they shall not come to pass we rebuke it and we override it now father we rise up to decree that everything that was was lost everything that was stolen everything that was embezzled everything that was sabotaged everything that was hindered everything that was undermined everything that was diverted everything that was held up everything that was converted shall be released shall be restored shall be redeemed with interest at legal rates with no less than 10% compounding monthly along with punitive damages and sanctions I decree we shall recover all. I decree we shall recover our health. We shall recover our peace. We shall recover our reputation. We shall recover our good name. We shall recover our opportunities. We shall recover our wealth. We shall recover our stamina. We shall recover our vision. We shall recover our, our ministry. We shall recover our businesses. We shall we shall recover our relationship. We shall recover our children. We shall recover our property. We shall recover our time. We shall recover our destiny in the name of Jesus. Father, 
We stand today to decree and declare that like the daughters of Zelophead, you will reveal to us what belongs to us and then we will stand before the supreme court of heaven to demand it. I decree we shall prevail. We shall succeed. We shall prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.